0: For me, CrossFit is that high intensity exercise and Mm -hmm. I believe pushing my lungs to work and pushing their capability Mm -hmm. has just made a huge difference. My last scans, my oncologist remarked that if he didn't know that part of my right lung was missing, he wouldn't be able to tell it from the scans because I've been able to You know, they don't regenerate like other Mm -hmm. parts of the body, but they do expand. So Mm -hmm. I've been able to expand that lung to match the other one. And he said, if he didn't know it had been removed, he wouldn't be able to tell.
1: Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. This episode is one of a series of pursuing health stories. Here, I feature the inspiring stories of regular everyday people who've used lifestyle to overcome some incredible health challenges. In this week's episode, I talk with Sharon Cabe, who shares her story of an unexpected colon cancer diagnosis at the young age of 43. She began an eight-year journey of chemotherapy and multiple surgeries to remove nodes in her lungs after learning the cancer had become metastatic. And just a few weeks after her final chemotherapy treatment, Sharon decided to try CrossFit because she'd read a study about how exercise could reduce colon cancer cell growth. It's now been over five years since starting CrossFit, and Sharon is cancer-free and hasn't looked back once. I love talking with Sharon about how CrossFit has helped to improve her physical strength and her lung capacity, relieve the constant stress she feels from fear of a recurrence, and maintain an overall positive attitude. It's amazing to see how Sharon really took her health into her own hands, She's thriving now, and she credits her attitude and active lifestyle, as well as, above all, her faith, with helping her remain as healthy as possible. Before we dive into the episode, I do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. I recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm really excited to be here with Sharon Cabe,
2: who has an incredible story um, of healing with colon cancer and using CrossFit as well. And so I'm excited to sit down with you and and talk about your whole journey, because as you said, right before we started, um, it's been a long, a long journey. It has. Yeah. So maybe we can start off sort of at the beginning. Can you give us just an idea of who you are and what your life and health was like before you had any diagnosis or any, um, thought about colon cancer?
0: Uh, well, I was relatively active. I used to play tennis, walked, ran, um, kept up with two teenage boys that played every single sport.
2: Oh boy. (laughs) Um,
0: Did aerobics back in the day. Our vacations were always centered around activity, usually snow skiing.
3: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, I've been married for 38 years. I've got two grown kids. Aww. My first grandson who's the light of my life.
3: Oh, congratulations. So,
0: yeah. So, you know, uh, that was my life before. Mm-hmm. Busy, normal, I guess you'd call it.
2: Busy, normal, active. Um, right. And then tell us like, how you knew something was going on or when everything changed for you.
0: Uh, Well, I had always had intestinal issues. I attributed it to like um, spastic colon or Mm -hmm. gallbladder or nerves or Mm -hmm. just the busyness of life. I just always thought I'm 35 years old. It can't Mm -hmm. be anything serious. Sure. I would have these bouts of uh, fever, chills, um, terrible stomach pains. They'd last a day or two.
3: -hmm. I never
0: knew what they were. Um, Talked to my GP and he said it sounded kind of gynecological to him.
2: Okay.
0: So I talked to my gynecologist and he was more like, what might have to do with your thyroid? I mean, we were talking, throwing things Mm -hmm. around, but really never what I, looking back, I know I should have pushed for some type of testing, but Mm
2: -hmm. at the
0: time I didn't. Just, Mm -hmm. I figured I, it can't be anything serious.
2: Right. Right. You're active. You're otherwise healthy. Right. Um, Wow. So how long had that been going on before you started? I would say
0: finally, finally after about seven or eight years of Mm -hmm. these on and off symptoms, Mm -hmm. um, I did start having blood in my stool. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my first, wow, this might be serious, but I really think it's hemorrhoids. So Mm. That is what took me to the doctor for the first time.
2: Okay. Okay. And then what did they find there?
0: Well, I got to that doctor who was also a friend and also a surgeon. And he Mm. said, "Uh, Sharon, I don't see any sign of hemorrhoids. Mm. He said, I think we need to do a colonoscopy. Okay. So that was what got me to that point. And then when I was still, that was a January of 2006. When I was still under sedation, pretty much barely Mm -hmm. awake, he said I could not complete your colonoscopy, and I was like, "Why?" Which Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And he said Mm -hmm. "Uh, there was such a large mass in your colon I couldn't go any further. Wow! And that, I like I said, I was under the influence of the Mm -hmm. drugs, and yeah, so I really didn't even know how to respond to that. I was just okay, you know. Went, they gave me coffee. And when I finally started coming around a little bit, I understood, oh, that this is serious. We need to do Mm -hmm. something about it. So since he was a surgeon, we immediately just went next door to the hospital and he removed it within hours of finding it. Yeah.
2: Wow. Wow. Well, that's that's fast. That's a lot of information to take in from from going from, you know, being healthy and active to all of a sudden finding out you have a mass and then having it removed. Wow.
0: It was a shock to Mm -hmm. everyone.
2: I can imagine. And you were what age when that, when you were first
0: diagnosed? I had just turned 43.
2: Okay. So very young. Um, And then take us through what the next sort of time period was like, what happened after the surgery? What did you find out? What was your treatment like?
0: Well, the, um, We still thought maybe it was just some type of mass. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had no idea. We Mm -hmm. we had nothing to go on. Um, I have no history of colon cancer. Um, He did pathology. You're in the hospital, of course, for a couple of days. And pathology did come back that it was colon cancer. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Um, Since then, my brother has found out he also had colon cancer had wow. his removed and he has not had any further trouble, but okay. now you can see that it is in the family. Mm-hmm. But no one finding. before
3: in
2: previous generations that you know, right. ever had it. Wow.
0: Exactly. Nobody. So. Um, the doctor thought he got all the cancer uh, that he, it hadn't spread beyond the colon wall. Uh, mm-hmm. They did a few uh, lymph nodes
3: mm-hmm. and
0: they were all negative. So he said, you know, I feel I got good margins. I feel mm-hmm. very good about it. But he said, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and send you to an oncologist mm-hmm. um, just to get his opinion. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the scariest meeting mm-hmm. because it's just yeah. so uncertain. They found out you've got cancer. It's just, it, it, it's very scary. So I finally just had to ask him, what would you do if I were your wife? Mm-hmm. And he said, I would do six months of chemo mm-hmm. just to make sure you've got rid mm-hmm. of all the cells.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's what I did. I ended up doing 12 months because I was part of a study that they okay. were doing at the hospital.
3: Mm-hmm. So I ended
0: up doing 12 months and thought, wow, that was long. And that was hard. Lost the hair, the whole, mm-hmm. you know, the whole nine yards of oh chemo. Gosh. But I thought, well, that was a blip in my life and it's over. Mm hmm. My uncle is a radiologist, so scans became a normal part of my routine. Mm -hmm. And by December of 2007, we were watching a small uh, node in in one of my lungs, just a tiny, tiny little spot. Mm -hmm. And of course, we were like, hey, you know, 80% of people probably have spots in their lungs. I'm sure it's nothing. Right. But in a year, it it grew super, super, super slow. But in a six months or so, we saw growth in the year we compared to the past year, saw growth,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: finally decided we better have it biopsied. Um, So we did. And it was colon cancer. Wow. So now I had metastatic colon cancer, which means it had spread to another Mm -hmm. part of the body. At this point, uh, the doctors here sent me to Baylor in Dallas Mm -hmm. and I became their patient at that point.
2: Wow. So that's a lot. Can you, um, can you describe at all what, what it was like during that year when you were on chemo, you went from being sounds like extremely active. Um, were you able to still keep up any activity or exercise during that time or were you pretty much too exhausted to do, to do much?
0: I, I uh, tried really hard and um, I walked a lot. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the only thing um, when I felt really bad. In my opinion, sunshine and walking, yeah. those were my two. They, they could get me out of the deepest, mm-hmm. you know, the deepest hole. Like I felt like I was in yeah. and that that's, really, really helped many, great. many Medicine. times.
2: Yeah. Sunshine and being outside and walking. those those are great medicines
0: for sure.
2: Um, wow. Okay. So you get past that point, you find out now you have this spot in your lung and you have metastatic colon cancer. So, and, and also you, you know, like you said, you started having these regular scans and I imagine, you know, you know, you're reassured in the fact that you've completed chemo and you've um, you have, you know, no signs of, of cancer at that point when you complete completed chemo, but there also has to be so much stress and anxiety every time you come for a new scan, or wondering if it's come back. So
0: for sure, yeah. For sure. What was? I have scan anxiety, really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'm sure. It's been 16 years. I'm starting my 16th year of mm-hmm. metastatic colon cancer, and mm-hmm. I'd like to say I'm better at not having such anxiety <laughs> on the scans, but I'm not sure I could say that and be honest. It's yeah. it's just scary. But um, salmon's made me feel a whole lot better. My lowest point was in in locally here, mm-hmm. where they didn't have um, experience mm-hmm. with this particular cancer. And when a doctor tells you, I've never seen this before,
3: mm.
0: there's literally That's nothing scary. scarier. Yeah. I mean... I was petrified, but when I got to Salmon's, which they've got a much larger pool of people that they've been dealing with for years, they said it was very common. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, by the time I got down there, I think another spot had popped up. I had one in each lung. Mm -hmm. And so I did what was uh, new at the time. And it was called a stereotactic radio surgery or SRS. And I had uh, quite a few spots treated in this way. You treat them and then you wait basically Mm -hmm. and just keep on getting your scans and make sure Mm -hmm. that they've had some effect. And I think I had four treated in this way um, altogether. Mm
3: -hmm. The
0: SRS though, it, it targets the tumor, but then it kind of spreads out from the tumor location So you're, you're damaging more of your, of your tissue.
2: Oh, your healthy lung.
0: Right. Right. So, you know, it's not the greatest, but it was still targeted so that, you know, that, that helps. Mm -hmm. Um, After a while, some of them were not dying off like they should have. So I had to have two lung resections, one Mm -hmm. on each side.
2: Wow. That's a big Um, surgery.
0: Those were big. Th- those mm. were big. The drains that have to stay in your lungs afterwards are just, they're painful. Mm. They're very painful. Um, after I had those removed, we did another round of really strong chemo to try to okay. nip it again.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: that was so strong, it landed me in the hospital. So wow. I could not keep taking that.
3: Wow.
0: Um, by 2014, uh, the doctor found that in my upper lobe of the right lung, I kept having occurrences. So mm-hmm. he suggested we just take out the upper lobe. Okay. So I had that surgery. Wow. That was a big, big one.
2: That's a big one. How much, of your, how much of your lungs did you end up having
0: removed overall? Well, the way I understand it, and you know more about this than I do, <laughs> the left. I think has two lobes, but the right has three. Is that right? And I think they took the upper, just mm-hmm. the upper lobe of the right mm-hmm. lung. I think okay. that's right.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so I definitely could tell a, tell a difference on this. Mm-hmm. On the uh, little sections they did mm-hmm. after I healed, I couldn't tell a huge difference, but after removing part of my lung, I that's definitely a, could tell A whole lobe,
2: yeah, that's a big difference.
0: Wow. Um, okay. They gave me Avastin, which is another chemo for a year. Following mm-hmm. that surgery, it required us going to Dallas every three weeks for a year to get wow. that chemo, and um, that seemed to have gotten it. Um, that chemo ended in December of 2015, and okay. two weeks later, I started crossing it.
3: Wow. <laughs>
2: Wow, well, I want to get that story about what led you to CrossFit, but maybe, well, actually, yeah, let's just start with there. I mean, two weeks later, so you obviously had been introduced to it or thinking about it beforehand. How did you first hear about CrossFit, and then how? Why, why was it something that you decided you wanted to do?
0: Well, I first heard about it from my son, Clayton, okay. who is a Level Three CrossFit trainer.
2: Oh, good for him!
0: He uh, works at uh, the Hill in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. And he had been trying to get us to go for years and years. I'd watched the CrossFit games with him. He cared about it. Mm -hmm. So therefore, as the mom, I cared about it. But I cared about it for him.
3: Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm.
0: and so we went to regionals. We went to the games. I tried to care about it for Uh his sake while also telling him, there's no way your dad and I can do that. We are too old. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way. Yeah. (laughs) But finally, um, our local CrossFit 413 here in Fort Smith, mm-hmm. we heard my husband was friends with the owner and they were gonna start what they called a boot camp. Okay. And it was for beginners. Okay. And I thought, okay, if I'm ever gonna try it,
3: mm-hmm. this would
0: be the time because they're taking people that they know have never done it before, mm-hmm. and they're gonna start really slow with this. So if we're mm-hmm. gonna do it we've got to do it
2: now. Do it now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's, that's what got us started.
2: Wow. And the timing sounds like it was really perfect with you sort of it finishing really your chemo and, and moving forward. Um, it was. And so what was that like then starting CrossFit? I imagine that after just finishing chemo also, you know, your body is probably pretty run down. What was it like in the initial experiences with CrossFit? And then what kind of improvements did you start to see in your health?
0: Um, well, the first, they kind of tried to see where we were at our first Mm -hmm. night and they said, let's uh, time you and see how long you can hold yourself up in a plank. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I couldn't hold myself up in a plank. My arms Mm -hmm. could not support my body weight in a plank. They said, let's let you hang from a bar and see how long you can hang from a bar. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'd had so much surgery in this area that I Couldn't hardly hang from a bar, but -hmm. the place that it was the worst was, you know, let's do some line drills. Let's run down here with a med ball and run Mm -hmm. back. No, no Mm -hmm. running. I I mean, with part of my lung gone and then the rest of them basically riddled with scar tissue. Mm -hmm. And for that number of years, I hadn't been pushing it. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was hard. It was hard, but I was so glad I stuck with it. Um, what made you stick with it? Probably feeling better, just, Mm. just feeling better. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a release every time I went, you know, the mm-hmm. endorphins start kicking in and you're yeah. like, wow, this feels <laughs> really good. Yes. And um, just the release of tension, I would go on the weeks that I was going to have a scan mm-hmm. and I realized, wow, I haven't just gotten myself all worked up this week. I mean, because so nice. I've been working out and yeah, so it really helped with um, nerves and anxiety and all of that.
2: That's amazing. I think just
0: my friends to their meeting friends mm-hmm. and them being, Hey, are you going to be there today? Holding each other accountable. That really wow. helped also.
2: That helps a ton. That helps a ton. Did you start to notice improvements then in your breathing and in your strength?
0: For sure. For sure. Um, we're starting our sixth year CrossFit now mm-hmm. and, In those years, I've only had one reoccurrence of a tiny little spot in 2017, and I was able to get the um, latest technology now, which Mm -hmm. is called proton therapy, which is very targeted and unlike the other radiation I'd had before, this works in. It doesn't work out. It works in. Mm -hmm. So it does minimal damage to the surrounding tissue and it cleared it up in only five treatments. And wow. I've never, it's been gone for good. Um, I still get scans every four months and mm-hmm. I've had clean scans for three years now.
2: Ah, good for you.
0: I just attribute a lot of that to working out
3: Yeah,
0: and stretching my lungs. Um, they, I don't know if you wanted me to mention the um, Science Daily. Yes, please do.
3: Please
2: do. I think that's great. And we can link to it as well.
0: Okay. Well, I read everything I can find about Mm -hmm. colon cancer and survival, obviously. So in Science Daily, they had a, a article called Colon Cancer Growth Reduced by Exercise, and in summary it just found and i'll read their summary it mm-hmm. says exercise may play a role in reducing the growth of colon cancer cells according to new research the study found that after a short session of high intensity interval training growth of colon cancer cells was reduced and that also increased indicators of inflammation so for me crossfit is that high intensity exercise and mm-hmm. I believe pushing my lungs to work and pushing their capability Mm
3: -hmm. has
0: just made a huge difference. Um, My last scans, my oncologist remarked that if he didn't know that part of my right lung was missing, he wouldn't be able to tell it from the scans because I've been able to, you know, they don't regenerate like other Mm -hmm. parts of the body, but they do expand. So Mm -hmm. I've been able to expand that lung to match the other one. And he said, if he didn't know it had been removed, he wouldn't be able to tell. Wow.
2: That's incredible. So that
0: was exciting.
2: (laughs) That's really exciting. Oh my gosh. And congratulations. Good for you. Three years with nothing on your scans has to be um, just, give you a lot of happiness and peace I would think.
0: It does it's it's very exciting I've been very very thankful.
2: It's amazing. Um, Any big accomplishments in CrossFit things that you thought you never would be able to do that you've been able to learn or um, or do or accomplish in the six years you've been doing CrossFit?
0: Um, Well I entered a oh What is the competition called? I'm trying to think. The Open? That anybody can do.
2: The Open? The the CrossFit Games Open?
0: Well, I've done the the Open a few times, but it's also Mm -hmm. this little local competition um, that I entered. The name has left me, but anyway, Um, I entered it and I thought I would never, ever, ever compete. Um, But this is called a, I wish I could think of it it's called for, it's for everyone. It's okay. a competition for everyone. They just do a little Amazing. local and mm-hmm. um, I was in a competition and I was standing there on the competition <laughs> floor, having my name called out thinking, yeah. what is happening right now? <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. But I I'm still not the fastest and I'm never going to be the best or the strongest, but uh, yeah, I've made, I've made a lot of strides and um, I really, I just love it.
2: That's amazing. I bet your son is very proud of you.
0: He is. is. (laughs) Um,
2: So you've obviously had, you know, a long journey, like you said, even after that first year, you thought, okay, you know, we're in the clear here. And then you've had many more obstacles that have come up since then. What have been some of the things that you think helped you the most to always have a, a positive mindset and to be able to have such, um, resilience with everything that you've faced.
0: Um, to help me have a positive mindset, I probably have to just remember to start each day with prayer
3: mm-hmm. that
0: that's number one prayer and mm-hmm. devotion time. I've claimed a verse as my own, um, to remind me of hope and mm-hmm. it's Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And I would say that that probably keeps me going more than Mm -hmm. more than anything. I
3: love
2: that. That's amazing. Um, I want to ask three questions that I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. The first one is what are the three things that you do now that have the biggest positive impact on your health?
0: um well like i said i start every day with prayer and usually mm-hmm. some type of devotion okay um i plan our crossfit workout for the day because mm-hmm. at, uh, when covid started our gym closed yeah. like mm-hmm. everyone's so we started working out at home and mm-hmm. we discovered we really enjoyed it so we built a home gym we have uh, pull-up rigs out beside the house <laughs> and great. uh so now i usually uh with the help of some really great online uh, coaches, Mm -hmm. I plan our workouts for each day and we do our workouts and my husband gets home from work. Mm -hmm. We usually have friends join us, which is awesome too. Oh,
3: that's
2: great.
0: And um, so uh, I enjoy doing that. And then third is probably watch what I'm eating. I think about what I'm eating now, which Mm -hmm. that when I was 35 and first started this, Mm I Never gave it a second thought, but now I think about everything I eat.
2: What are some of the ways that you've changed how you eat since then?
0: Uh, probably the first thing I did was drink a lot more water. Mm-hmm. No sodas.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, low in sugar, which is super hard to do, and I'm mm-hmm. not really that great at it. <laughs> it's well, speaks into not everything. More. It, it is. It's probably yeah. my one big thing that I need to work on more than anything else. But our diet did change during the time that I was in chemo. Even it had to change. Um, we started having what we called Thursday night steak nights
2: okay. cooked
0: in an iron skillet to bring my iron levels up so that I wouldn't have to have supplemental infusions. Okay. Okay. So just a lot of things you can change yeah. with food.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that maybe answers my next question, which is what's one thing that you're working on or one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you haven't implemented it yet. So maybe that's something you I think we're always, all of yeah. us, we're always constantly working on improving.
0: Definitely, definitely lower sugar in my diet would be something I'm constantly <laughs> working on.
2: Yeah. Um, my last question is what does a healthy life look like to you?
0: To me, a healthy life would be, uh, like we've talked about, uh, thinking about what you eat, um, less additives, preservatives, fast food, um, Mm -hmm. just better eating, just thinking about what you're putting into your body, Mm -hmm. um, exercising every, every day. Definitely. And, having a quiet time with the Lord every day, I believe makes a big difference.
2: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, What would be some advice or something, a message that you would want to pass on to others who are facing maybe a situation that seems scary or, or unexpected, or don't know how long the road is ahead. What would you tell them? Or if you could go back and, and tell yourself something, you know, when you, you were 35 or 43, what would you say?
0: Hmm. Well, probably a big lesson I learned was to um, not just keep yourself so busy that you don't realize that life is going on around you and Mm -hmm. that you're here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And you just get so busy that you can't under you just miss the the little things that are happening. Um, If you're facing something really tough, Stop, slow down, talk to the Lord about it, realize all these small things that are going on around you and take, taking your mind off of your own problems
3: Mm.
0: and helping others. That has helped me countless times
3: Mm -hmm.
0: when I would get so down and depressed and think, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to mm-hmm. do from here? And mm-hmm. just take my eyes off of myself for a few minutes and put them on someone else. Mm-hmm. It just, it helps.
2: It helps. It gives a lot of perspective and changes that focus. Definitely. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, um, I so appreciate you sharing your story and your experience here. And I think it's amazing to hear how you went from, you know, going to the CrossFit games with your son and saying that there's no way I'll ever be able to do that to now, you know, writing workouts every day for you and your husband and your friends, and working out at home, and it, that it seems like it's become such a big and consistent part of your life, and seems to have had a a big impact just on your overall health and well being. So, thank you Definitely. for for sharing. And maybe someone listening who's afraid to to give it a shot will will now think about it um, and consider giving CrossFit a try. I hope so. <laughs> um, and I know you said you would love to connect with other long-term metastatic colon cancer survivors, I know, you know, maybe people listening don't realize what a, what a huge, um, thing this is, you know, being diagnosed with metastatic colon cancer and then being cancer free for as long as you have and being so healthy. Um, it's not, it's not common and it's not guaranteed. And so, you know, anyone else who's listening, who, who, um, you know, wants to connect or reach out, how would they, how would they be able to reach you?
0: Uh, I'm on Facebook. If we could connect that way, that'd be great. They can just look up my name on Facebook. That'd Mm -hmm. probably be the easiest way.
2: That's perfect. And we can link to your Facebook on the show notes as well. So people can find you or other cancer CrossFitters you said. So anyone else who wants to connect, will be able to find you on Facebook. So that'd be awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. Is there anything else that you wanted to share or anything else that we missed?
0: Um, Probably the only thing that I would like to say is that um, we talked a lot about what I felt like and what I did after I had colon cancer. But Mm -hmm. I want uh, people to know that you don't ever have to have colon cancer. That Mm -hmm. if you'll get your colonoscopies and they get those polyps removed early,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: it's 100% preventable. You don't ever, no one ever has to get Mm -hmm. colon cancer. Mm -hmm. So.
2: Well, That's great point plug, and Frank. great, yes, great <laughs> message to end on because the number of people I talk to who a colonoscopy sounds like a big ordeal and I've, I've actually had one myself and it's not, you know, it's not something, it's something pleasant. you have to take time. You have to plan for it and it's not the most pleasant thing, but it's also, you know, better to be preventive and make sure. So yes, great message sure. to end on and hopefully everybody listening will talk to their doctor and get their regular colon cancer screening.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you or someone you know has a story to share on a future episode of Pursuing Health, please write me at info at pursuing-health.com. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please also consider subscribing and giving it a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does help to get the word out to more people.